In this episode, I dive into the topic of vulnerability and the power in taking your narrative back. Vulnerability isn't showcasing your weakness. It's actually showcasing your strength. Learn how we all practice anti-vulnerability every day, often without even realizing it, and how to acknowledge it and overcome it. So pull up a seat and listen to the importance of telling your story and owning your truth. Hola fam, it's Ashley. I wanted to start off this first episode by saying thank you. Thank you for being here and for giving Liv a place to take up some space in your day. Like any new thing, this is equally terrifying and exciting, and I'm so grateful you are here. When I was working on episode ideas, it was extremely important to me to start out with an episode on vulnerability. After all, I promised you real and unscripted conversations, and you can't have that without vulnerability. So let's break it down. Oxford Dictionary defines vulnerability as the quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. So it's no secret that vulnerability isn't our go-to emotion. In fact, vulnerability is one of the most commonly listed fears among humans. By reading the definition, we obviously can see why. To put it in simpler terms, We don't allow ourselves to be transparent out of fear that someone will hurt us, most often emotionally, abandon us, or reject us. So we say things like, you can't hurt my ego if I don't let you. Leave before you get left. Sound familiar? (laughs) So to limit the possibility of being attacked or harmed by being intentionally vulnerable, we do the opposite. We intentionally close ourselves off. We put on a mask, put up a shield distance ourselves, build walls, or we become hard, thinking that by doing all of this, we're protecting ourselves. Sounds like a good idea, right? Except that when we do this, we actually damage ourselves. Think back to when you were a child, carefree, with eyes open to the world, until someone hurts you. As we grow, we learn that the world can be cruel. Not everyone's for you. And sometimes people even go out of their way to hurt you. We then begin to protect ourselves and we actually convince ourselves that people don't really love us and they only want to gain our trust to hurt us, but we won't admit it. Welcome to the art of denial, my friend. But we don't stop there. We begin to internalize these fears and emotions and we can end up being really self-destructive. So, Have you ever ended a relationship because it was going the right direction and you freaked out? Have you ever applied for a job and you no-showed on your first day because you felt like you weren't good enough? Have you ever built up the courage to start something new, only to change your mind at the end? Do you not allow yourself to cry because you see it as being weak? If any of these sound like you, take a deep breath and repeat after me. I am human. Welcome to the club. There's room here for you. It's been a year since I had the first conversation with my boyfriend, my mom, and my boyfriend's mom about wanting to start a podcast. Did you catch that? An entire year. I battled with this internally, not because I was afraid that I wouldn't have enough to say. Literally anyone who knows me knows that I love to talk and I always have an opinion. (laughs) One of my top five strengths is actually input. But 
I battled with this because I didn't want to be vulnerable. I didn't want that girl who didn't like me to pick apart, pick apart my words and use them against me or gossip about me. I didn't want that guy thinking I was still talking about him and not able to get over it. I didn't want that girl to accuse me of thinking that I was better than everybody else. I didn't want to take my mask off and leave room for the possibility of getting hurt. But then one day it hit me. Whether I tell my story or not, if these people think this or they want to say that, they're going to do it anyways. Let me give you a few examples. I've always had a really bad habit of trying to prove people wrong. This is manifested by not always doing what's best for me for one solid purpose, to prove a point. Let me set the scene. I'm 17 years old, just graduated from high school and moved two hours away to go to a division one university that I knew I couldn't afford just to say that I could do it. I was broke, depressed, hungry, and I felt defeated. I moved back a semester later I got a quality education from a Division II university 15 minutes from home on a full-ride scholarship. We threw a graduation party when it was all over, and it turned out to be a happy ending. Did I really have to go to that first university? Of course not, but proving a point was more important than doing what was best for me. Welcome to Ashley's self-destructive years, strike one. Fast forward to 21-year-old Ashley. I'm a senior in college with free tuition, thinking that I had it all figured out because my life was actually about to begin. I was finishing up school, getting ready to start my social work career. So obviously my next step was changing my last name and getting wifed up, insert Beyonce song right here. Next summer, here I am, 21 years old, married to my boyfriend of four years. This wouldn't be as juicy of a story if it ended happily ever after like it seemed. Four years later, lots of arguments, tears, and money spent. I was 26, divorced, drowning in debt, and wondering, where did it all go wrong? Looking back now, I saw so many red flags. Family members saying to me, Miha, are you sure? You're so young. Remembering my mom say, are you sure? He's older than you. He's had a chance to live his life, Ashley. Are you sure you're ready to settle down? Overhearing coworkers and peers say they won't last or it's not going to work or he shouldn't marry her or she can do better than him. Well, to answer all of these questions, I said yes, literally, to prove a point. Yeah, looking back now, I want to grab 21-year-old me and shake her too, but I was too afraid of failing. Failing at this relationship and admitting that I shouldn't marry this person was worse than vowing to commit to someone who wasn't right for me. What's worse is that by the time this marriage was over, I didn't even recognize myself. I didn't recognize my morals, my beliefs, or who I was looking in the mirror. I turned into a person I hated to cope with a decision I knew I shouldn't have made, and it ended up costing me. Welcome to Ashley's Self-Destructive Years, Strike Two. Now, I'd like to say that it got better here, but let's face it, I still couldn't admit that I was hurt. I wouldn't allow myself to be vulnerable and heal. So I turned to self-destructive habits and I covered it by saying I was getting back out there, making up for lost time, finding myself again. 
Hear me when I say you will never find yourself by intentionally getting lost. When you don't recognize yourself anymore, you're no longer finding yourself. You're losing yourself and your identity. Welcome to strike three. So where do we go from here? Step one, I forgave myself. I put my ego away. This took admitting that I had done some stuff wrong, that I had made some bad choices and hurt some people along the way, including myself. Forgiving myself was the first step to self-love. I was able to humanize myself again and understand that I didn't have to be perfect. I just had to show up and take it a step at a time without proving anything to anyone, including myself. The next thing I did was forgive others. And I'm talking, I went way back. You don't realize the things that you're holding on to, past hurts, grudges, disappointments, or broken promises until you just lay it all out there. Sit in it, think about it, figure out why you're acting like this, why you're saying these things, why these things hurt you so bad, and sit in it for a while safely so that way you can forgive others. Forgiving others isn't something that you do for them. You don't have to contact them, get that closure, tell them that you forgive them. You forgive people for you so you can move on, you can move forward, and you can heal. Lastly, I took my narrative back. You see, all this time that I was navigating adulthood, loss, and grief, I was allowing people to tell my story, allowing people to think that they had my life all figured out, assuming that I failed out of Texas Tech University, so that's why I ended up back at West Texas A&M. People were assuming that they knew my life, and they started telling my tragic love story by filling in their own blanks. I stayed off of social media for a year. I highly recommend that, by the way, if you're going through a rough time. But when I came back, I knew that I had the opportunity to be a voice, to tell my own story. Looking in the mirror without your mask on can be terrifying until you actually do it. Facing myself and my underlying fears was the key to unlocking the rest of my life. I was able to fully understand why I felt the need to prove everyone wrong, then overcome that. So now I can openly say that I try and I fail, but I try again. I was able to recognize my triggers and my destructive coping mechanisms. This, this meant sitting with myself and realizing that when I went out with my friends and I went shopping spontaneously or I slept all day, or went through phases of not texting anyone back, I was avoiding, I was depressed, and I was trying to escape. Recognizing your triggers are good for you. Here's the thing, we all have them. Our triggers are what let us know that there's an emotion tied to a current situation. It's our job to figure out why. Things still trigger me, but because I've worked to know what those triggers are, I've also learned healthy coping mechanisms to take control when I'm triggered unexpectedly. It's like already having a comeback before something even happens. The most freeing thing that I ever did was finally agree when someone said that I wasn't perfect. 
So here I am. I'm 28. I've been divorced, but I'm in a healthy relationship now. I left that D1 school, but I have a master's degree now. I've had some rumors and stories told about me, but I'm doing the talking now. I'm not ashamed anymore. I'm not hiding my past anymore, and I'm done letting people tell my story for me. I'll let whoever think whatever, because I know that I'm going to get up and show up just as I am every single day, imperfections and all, and own every single ounce of my truth. I've allowed you to know my story. It's a privilege, and you can't use it against me because I'm vulnerable now, and so I've removed the shame. I have taken the power back. So don't be ashamed of what you've been through. People need to hear it. Don't be embarrassed that you haven't always made the right decisions. None of us have. We need to make mistakes. That's how we gain wisdom and discernment, and it leads to healthy coping mechanisms. Don't be ashamed to start making your mental health a priority. I don't recognize the girl that I was two years ago, but I'm so thankful for her. If you would have asked me two years ago if I would be recording a podcast episode on vulnerability, I would have laughed. That girl didn't acknowledge weakness, no. <laughs> but here's the thing. It's a lot easier to hide and say that you're not hurt. But when you don't heal from what hurt you, you bleed on people who didn't cut you. Real strength is admitting that you messed up. It's admitting that you made a mistake. It's admitting that you've hurt people. It's admitting that you're not perfect. The hardest thing a person can do is look inward and fix themselves. That's why you don't see everyone doing it. This is why people don't admit that they have a problem. This is why you turn to self-destructive habits. Be strong today. Take off that mask. Put down the armor. Let those walls come down. Cry. Grieve. Say goodbye to chapters that have ended. Forgive. Heal. Encourage someone around you to do the same. Choose to love, starting with yourself. Tell your story. Take back your narrative. Thank you for tuning into this episode. As a mental health advocate, I want to encourage you to do something for yourself today. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health provider with any questions that you may have. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something that you've heard. If you're currently in a crisis or you think that you have an emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. If you're having suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-8255 to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at a crisis center in your area at any time. If you're located outside of the United States, call your local emergency line immediately.